0: welcome to another episode of the no ceilings podcast i'm tyler McCaff, joined as always by
1: tyler rucker rucker how are we doing mccalf i'm doing good um pretty pretty excited for for this episode um i'm, I'm counting down the days <laughs> i'm officially at the point of the year where i am counting down the time the is days. crawling yeah time is crawling it's slow um it, it also is at that annoying point where it's like, it's just around the corner of being like, <laughs> we're really getting close. So I'm hanging in there. Um, just breathing, you know, staying, staying alive. How about you, my How's the week going? How are we, how are we holding up? Fantastic. My, my, my Detroit lions look incredible. Um,
0: uh, Mike Draco can or? take that asterisk and put it where the sun don't shine. Uh, that was a hell of a win. How dare he? Um, excited for football this week excited for basketball to get back it needs to get back we're now really in the doldrums of nothing really going on uh now that is over um we need something so at least we got football we got baseball playoffs coming up soon but more importantly I'm really excited for this episode and we're going to talk about three big men who have a ton of hype coming into the season have a lot of really high expectations uh we saw one last year we've already seen a couple games of one this year and then you know we're a little familiar with another one through some FIBA play and international play um over the past couple years but before we dive into those just some quick housekeeping up front instead of the end of the episode while I have all of your attention um so uh, if you're not subscribed uh, to all of our written work, it's 100% free over at no Uh The fact that we've continued to see free and paid subscribers continue to rise in the offseason is absolutely incredible. Um, so if you like what we do on the podcast, uh, please drop us a rating and a review. Uh, those have also been coming through in the offseason. All of you are incredible. Uh, go subscribe over at NoSealingsNBA.com. We've got some really fun stuff in the – Coming up uh, for this season for the paid subscribers, but the the, the free daily stuff uh, Monday through Friday isn't changing at all. So if you can't afford it, totally fine. Just hit that free subscription um, and help us continue to build this really awesome No Ceilings community uh, that, you know, continues to grow. Uh, you can follow us across all socials at No Ceilings NBA and on YouTube at No Ceilings TV, where we have a bunch of really fun stuff as well. But Rucker, enough of that. Let's get into these guys' I, I think we kind of got to start with the returning or the reigning national champions and their centerpiece, their seven foot two, two hundred and eighty pound big man, Donovan Klingon.
1: I'm I'm pumped out of my mind to talk some, some Donovan Klingon. Um I know I usually say that, but it does not take long when you start watching the old film from last year to to really get excited about Klingon. And and me and you were pretty passionate. Um during last year's draft cycle when people thought Klingen could be like a a sneaky lottery guy. And it was, I think we weren't really against his upside, but we were like, let's give him one more year. And he's gonna be a top 10 pick. Like, let's, let's see what he can do with extended minutes and being the guy. Um, He was backing up Sonogo last year and man, (laughs) it does not take long on tape to start being like, there's a really fun. Yeah potential weapon here and he's kind of almost a throwback big just in his pure size and kind of the ability to just completely take over with his strength his presence um but i think it's it's not just the size like he does a ton on the basketball court and i think every time i've watched him i've been impressed with how much he can move how quick he can be like his agility really pops to me um and he's just impactful everywhere. And and I think he's he's in – rumors are he's going to be having a big year. And I yeah. think everyone's pumped for it. If, if he's really stretching the floor like we've seen preseason reports about, this is a fun one. This is one that could really get up there. It would not shock me if he's one of the top bigs in this class, Metcalf.
0: Yeah. Uh, and l- last year we were a little cooler, not because we didn't like what he did. Um, right. It was just – is there more to his game? Is there more that he can show or is this it? And if you're going to take a guy like that in the top 10, top 15, um, you know, shout out to KOC and Sam Vicini and plenty of others who were kind of pushing for that, where there's like, this guy's a lottery talent. Like he should go out this year. I think he could be a top five pick going back this year. I, I think I did... I mean, when you look at his minute share and his production and everything last year, it was so simplified and it was so basic. It was just, be a monster on the boards, be a monster rim protector, and just be this awesome play finisher. And that's what he did. On Bartorvik, he was one of 11 freshmen since 2008 to have a block percentage or a block rate over 14. His was 14.4. He was also one of five players since 2008 to have an offensive rebounding rate over 20 and a defensive rebounding rate over 25. His were 20 and 29.6 respectively. The other players to do that were Zach ED twice, uh, Dewan Blair and Kenneth Farid. When you combine all of those, the rebounding rates and the block percentage, he's the only player to, to have done those. That's incredibly impressive. And then you look at his minute share, and it was 32% of the minutes. So that's where it's like, okay, how much of this is real? Can he extrapolate that and you know, across a much bigger minute share? And you look at Adama Sinogo's uh, minute share last year, he had sixty-six percent. I would Anticipate that we see Klingon up around that mark, if not even higher, this year. And our only question last year was given that bigger role, can you still be that productive?
1: I also love their team this year. Yeah. I mean, it, it's tough when you lose a couple big pieces like Jordan Hawkins and Sunogo to the next level, but I really like their roster. And I think, yeah. you know, Klingon is going to have a potential. Unbelievable running mate in Stefan Castle. Like, it's the pick and roll potential they have is ridiculous. But I, I think the most intriguing part of watching Klingon's game when you go back and look is how many times in different areas he just stands out. Like, before we even hit record, I was like, man, his playmaking is. Jaw dropping to me. Like there is some stuff that I think he only had about like 18 assists last year, but it's like there's a couple plays where you don't see seven foot two, 265-pound guys move like that and have the vision and quick analysis to to navigate the the floor and, and understand where the ball is supposed to go. I just think everything's lining up for this is like the red carpet for Klingon this year to really get up there. And I I don't think you're crazy about the top five results. Cause I think if he showcases he can do this in heavier minutes and it be a versatile piece, absolutely every team's gonna be loving him. Um, he's gonna be an analytics darling because of how impactful yeah. he was last year. There's just a lot of stuff going the right direction for him, and um, I'm excited about him. I, I really am. Like this is the one of those names that's really got me in my feelings lately, if you want to put it that way.
0: Yeah, and I, I think when when we think about him expanding that role and, oh, you know, probably at least doubling his minute share um, to what it was last year. The the big questions I don't think there are really any on defense besides conditioning. But over the the way he's kind of transformed his body over the last couple of years, I don't really have any concerns about that. I think the big question is what is he on offense and how much more does that role expand or is he just going to be that kind of play finisher that he was this or that he was last year he's super effective at that he had an effective field goal rate over 65 percent um but nine ninety and a half percent of his shot attempts were a dunker layup and he only took two jumpers all season uh he also averaged 1.9 fouls per game but when you kind of expand that to 40 per 40 minutes that's 5.7 fouls so there, there are concerns about how that shift in minute share that shift in workload that shift in responsibilities is going to work but when you talk about the playmaking when you just look at the numbers it doesn't really make sense because he had an assist rate of 7.5 it's like okay that's absolutely nothing but i think that speaks more so
1: to what his role was than what he's capable of i mean the fact that everyone was buzzing about him in such a limited role just goes to show you the amount of excitement people, evaluators, scouts have for his potential this year. And, you know, we listed earlier, or Metcalf listed earlier, he's at 280 um, right now. He was 265 last year and he was mobile and a big dude. So, like, putting on 15, potentially adding the three point shot. And I'm not saying he's going to go out and shoot four or five threes a game. I don't think that's his game. But if he goes out and hits one or two, all of a sudden you're like, what the heck? Like, okay, now like this is another part of his game. And there's just flashes everywhere. I mean, he, I wrote down in my notes when I'm scouting him and watching his games, like he understands when to use his strength. And he understands of when he can get somewhere in a hurry with his agility. And I think that's a really important thing with the big man of like, being able to level out where you can create an advantage. And I think that's what makes Klingon special. Like he can bulldoze you because he knows I'm bigger than you. Um, He's going to have that luxury for a long time in his basketball career, but he also understands where, okay, I might've set you up with my strength last time. Now I'm going to blow by you real quick and try to finish with some touch. And I think obviously like guys like that, you just get around the basket and they're a nightmare because they can just finish over you with power. And he has some plays where he's sprinting up the court and throwing down oops. And you're like, dude's almost 300 <laughs> pounds. He can't move like this. Like, it's just awesome. Like there, it's, he's got potential to be a, a heck of a piece. Um, if everything goes right this year.
0: Yeah. So let, let's kind of yeah. put, put our prediction hat on and think first, just exclusively about what his offensive role is could be um last year 90.6 percent of all of his shot attempts are a layup or dunk i don't really expect that number to change a whole lot but i do expect the two jump shots that he took last year to take a hopefully a substantial leap not to the point where he's jacking up threes willy-nilly but you know a couple pick and pops a game a you know a trailer three here or there um But then when you think about the shooting that's around him with Cam Spencer, Alex Caravan, Stephen Castle, Tristan Newton, the spacing on this team is going to be incredible. So it's like, do you really even want to take someone that big who's so good at establishing position, especially when he gets a screen or gets a switch on him? Do you really even want to take him out of the post or do you want to just kind of feed him on the block, feed him on the roll and then let him make the right decision, whether it's finish through someone at the rim or make those kickout passes when they collapse on you to two of the best off-ball shooters
1: in the country and Cam Spencer and Alex Caravan. I mean what I think I would just lean towards like oh he's going to be a roll man nightmare and and maybe you know obviously it's a limited sample from last year so everyone might be pointing at synergy numbers and stuff and I'm going to be like well we we can almost throw those out because now it's going to be just heavy minutes. So mm-hmm. like yes it was a lot of stuff was impressive in limited minutes last year but now it's just going to be like Oh, it's going to be another world. And we're going to see what actually, you know, levels out when it comes to more reps, more numbers, more data. But I think, you know, it's tough to project like, Oh, he's going to be the classic. You feed in the post because it's just a lot of teams don't do that much often. But I think with him, you almost want, like I, I want him to be a playmaker. He Mm -hmm. has the potential to be a very dangerous, like role, man, understand where the ball should go hit spot up shooters should love to play with him because you're putting Klingon and Castle on the pick and roll. And then you gotta worry about Castle because of his versatility, his vision, then he can hit Klingon and then he can find shooters all over. So it's almost like if you don't guard Klingon, you got this 280 guy that can move yeah coming down the middle of the lane. So it's like pick your poison and I I just the flashes I saw passing. Like I there's something there. There is really something there. What about you, Metcalf? Like, do you would you go the same way? Is it, I feel like you're onto something with like, oh, he might take a couple trailing threes, in which you're just like, oh gosh, what do we do with this offense now? Like, how do we stop these guys? Where, where are you at? Yeah. And I, I kind of hope that we
0: see a little bit of a similar development to what we saw from Sunogo last year with the shot and the floater. Yes. Where I, had kind of written him off entirely as you know a potential nba guy going into the season because i was like okay he's he he has zero touch and he can't shoot and then first game he hits like two or three pick and popper trailer threes in a row i'm like what in the world is happening over there so if reports that are coming out of the yukon camp are that Klingon's starting to do that stuff that just makes him absolutely terrifying because he's gonna be so difficult to defend in the pick and roll. Um, We've mentioned the, the passing a handful of times now, but let's actually kind of dive or run through some of the examples that we're actually talking about. So I'm just really good. I'm perfectly accurate. Great read on the weak side.
1: Walk me through this. I mean, this one just gets me pumped out of my mind, like tight window off of the roll making the attack right there. And then just a quick analysis to be like, okay, where's read the defense? Where's the ball supposed to go? Like, that's the type of stuff that just gets me pumped because like to have the athleticism and mobility to make this play of like, I'll, I'll drive. And then how many times do we see seven two, two 60 plus guys like get up in the air to throw jump passes off a drive. Like you just don't see it that much, but I love the recognition, like when he catches that pass um, on the roll, his eyes are locked trying to read the help defense. So like he, right now he's probably like, oh, I should throw this corner, but he reads 23 on Iona is going to slip down. You go like another right there. And it's just great analysis of, oh, I see where he's going. The high risk pass is to the corner and I've got someone wide open on that wing. I think it's just it showcases you like the quick analysis, the quick decision-making that he can have. It's just beautiful to me. I mean, that play when I saw it, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> that's a rewind play. Like you got to watch yeah. that 20 times because it's just a lot of really impressive stuff. Quick. Yeah. You know, and and you can tell like right here when he catches it, he's
0: immediately reading Walter Clayton coming from the weak mm-hmm. side. And you can tell that he's like, Oh, I'm going to go dunk this. Yeah. And then he kind of, realizes how quickly clayton gets there does a really good job of kind of managing his momentum by really firmly planting that left foot and using the jump off to the side but then he has a freakish strength to just that's a perfect pass to caravan so yes initially he was reading that you know the the weak side corner with a uh, joy Calcaterra down there but perfectly reads like you said the, the help defender collapsing to the corner and just kicks it to the best shooter on the team, arguably. And it's just the, the accuracy, the way he was able to just immediately process all those different moving parts, really, really impressive stuff.
1: And I think a lot of people would say like, Hey, are you passing up a potential poster opportunity? But I think it's an important. I think it'd be a charge. Yeah. And some maturity right there is you're passing up a, a good shot for a better shot yeah like you you hit a teammate on the money for a wide open three like i I love that decision. I think it's just being able to analyze that quickly multiple choices. It's like a quarterback going through reads like you you understood where it should go. This is yeah, another and, great one right there. It, go and, ahead, Matt take it.
0: No, this is just kind of the playmaking versatility that we're hoping to see from him, where that previous clip was some of the stuff that he can do out of the short roll. Here, it's like, okay, you want to throw a bunch of shooters out there, space the floor, let them go one-on-one in the post. We can do that. And then if you want to go down and double, cool. He has the vision and passing accuracy to punish you, where now he has a two-on-one on the weak side. And, you know just perfect pass to Jordan Hawkins for the open three. Now, instead, you think about this year, they're not going to have a guy like Andre Jackson, who's probably going to be setting that screen. Instead, it's probably going to be Cam Spencer and Alex Caravan and you know Tristan Newton probably up at the top on this weak side. So instead, one's in the corner, one's up on the wing, similar to the setup in the previous clip. And it But it's the, the, the same kind of similar read where it's, okay, where's the defender going? I'm just going to find the open man and make it easy. It's just
1: playing simple basketball. But the funny thing about this too, and, and and I know like that's Khalil Ware going up against Klingon. Mm-hmm. That's another seven footer. But because of Klingon's size, like not many people, you know, Edie's probably gonna be the only one that can yeah. just match him with his pure strength. And he's gonna if if he has this in his game all the time, like if we look at the end of the year and we're like, Klingon's one of the best passing big men in the in the nba i mean in college basketball like in this draft class that is going to be such a weapon yeah even at the nba level like people might be like well the the old school big man's a you know a dying breed it's like well if you can pass like this you know i'm not saying he's there but like Jokic, his passing makes him such an unbelievable asset to have if if you're a big man that could be this type of weapon as a passer and then we haven't even talked about his ability to get up the court he can finish he's got some touch like just a lot of boxes that are checking for me so i think the the playmaking is a really pleasant like yeah. uh-oh here we go unlock this all right let's jump into some of the defensive stuff um where he was
0: just a force last year uh his rim protection numbers were absurd Um, I just really love this one where he just stays patient the entire time, really disciplined. It's nothing overtly flashy. Um, but the way he kind of just stays connected, continues to drop, knows where Castleton is, doesn't bite on the pump fake, but keeps that guy there. And he knows that his teammate, you know, is still right on the hip. So he doesn't have to fully commit, allows him to just get back to Castleton with ease as the play kind develops. Now he sees his teammate get you know, now he's on the backside and he's gotten beat off the dribble. So now he has to commit swats it.
1: Uh, we're going to talk about a couple guys in this episode for everyone joining us. And, and the Mara is going to be another one that I'm excited. We picked this trio because of the similarities height wise and with, with Klingon and Mara. But I think the biggest thing that stands out to me with Klingon is he doesn't move like he's that big. Like no. he, he has good feet. He stays active. Um, I mentioned it a lot of times where it comes to like cement feet. And what I mean by that sometimes is like, if you're a big man and you just stand there without adjusting your feet, like then your, your feet are, you know, almost quick dry and to, to become just heavier. And I like when bigs keep their feet moving. So it's like, if they need to get somewhere, they're already active. Mm-hmm. And I, that's something that stands out to me with Klingon. Like he, you see in this play a lot, he's shuffling his feet. Um, he's constantly trying to move, adjust his positioning. He doesn't get too caught up. And I just think the activity and timing and anticipation is just really impressive in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And you, you talk about the footwork, you know, here's another good one with Castleton just stays on balance, stays disciplined Stays vertical to to affect the shot. He he knows he doesn't have to swat everything. Um, Castleton was torching guys at summer league with this little rip through move, and just good stride length. You know, not super low in his stance, but he's 7'2", 280 pounds. So how low can you really expect the guy to be? But great balance, doesn't bite on the fake, and
1: keeps Castleton outside the lane. Some of my favorite stuff about like defensive. Impactful bigs is when they realize like I don't have to block every shot yeah like I can make life miserable without trying to get a block and I think it's a great play here to stay down on someone like Castleton who just had a great summer league with the Lakers like you could see how skilled Castleton is so I love a big man keeping his hands up there on that slide too like getting them out trying to be impactful Um, just a lot of stuff Metcalf I feel like you're gonna be in your feelings defensively (laughs) about him i mean that's just... it's it's all of
0: it's just super fundamentally sound and I, I know first reaction here is all right big guy gets torched by the little guy and you know gets lucky on the block but this is really calculated by Klingon, where it's like okay i'm not gonna panic once he gets by me but i'm gonna put myself in a position where i can still use my size and length to stay attached and he's right on his back there and puts himself in a position where even though the ball is in front of him, that ball's his 99
1: times out of a hundred. It's It's a great read. I think people would try to overreact to that of like, Oh, that's a blow by like, no, that's exactly what the big wants. that yeah. is inviting someone to the dinner party right there. Like it, it, it's right here. Like they're very different rim
0: protectors, but it's kind of so, some of the similar stuff that we saw from Chet at Gonzaga, where he just kind of ushered people to where he wanted them to go. So he could affect their shot basically no matter what, whenever he was around the rim.
1: I mean, we got to give a shout out to, we're, we're live on YouTube right now. Someone just said a little Marcus all vibes. And I was like, yeah, that's that's a good one for sure. Like knowing and understanding your limitations and understanding also where you can be a play ahead. And that is really rare. And like you brought up Chet, like that was something that stood out with Chet now Klingon's not going to have that mobility. No, that chat. And I'm not comparing. But, no, 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 no. no. I'm just saying, but you're in the right mindset of like, you can, if you can be a play ahead, you can make life easier for you. And I think this is strategic of, we always get fascinated. Like I, I, I do too. Sometimes like we get fascinated if a big guy gets blown by. And it's like, sometimes they want you to blow by them. If you're going to yeah. try to attempt, cause they have the length to recover right. on you, which is Klingon's going to have that. So, um, I, I just yeah, and just simple thing, place. So yeah, go ahead, and,
0: no, just last thing on this clip. When the guard really makes his attack, just watch his footwork and how seamless it is. And he doesn't cross his feet. He doesn't panic. You know, he doesn't quickly flip his hips, but he flips them quick enough to where he can be in position to then recover on that. He's just what impresses me so much with him is that he's always on balance and just rarely feels rushed
1: when he's defending right, yeah. I yeah i mean he even had a step there where he was getting ready to defend the jumper yeah and then he flipped the hips which is even more impressive like the the feet technician i, I really really like it okay anything else on Klingon, or do you want to move on no we can move on i mean i just there's just times um and I'm sure we'll have some future stuff on him, but there's just times where he moves around the court, even in transition where I'm just like, you're not supposed to move. Like (laughs) you're just throwing up, like he's going up for lobs and you're just like, my goodness, he's going to break the backboard. So no, I'm a big fan. I think it's going to be a very fun year. If he starts out the year uh, aggressively and has a couple big games, we're going to get in a dangerous conversation, but um I think he's a preseason top 10 guy for a lot of people. I think it would not shock me if he's one of those that just keeps finding a way to creep up some boards. I entirely
0: agree. I think he's in for a monster year. Um, let's move on to a Di Mara seven foot three center, 240 pounds uh, from Spain uh, played for Zaragoza last year um, has been a prominent feature on FIBA's or Spain's U 16, U 18 teams. Um, I should probably mention that he's headed to UCLA this year. Kind of of an important factor in uh, talking about him. Where do you want to start with Mara? I
1: want you to start out because I feel like I've been trying to bug you to watch some people (laughs) for months, and you always like tiptoe around it. And then I feel like I finally got the text from you of like, "Okay, I'm watching Mara," and I was like, "About time!" So I'm really (laughs) excited. We didn't talk about him too much before we hit record, so I'm really excited to see. Um to hear where you're at. So give me give me some thoughts. Give me some feedback. The people want to to hear if we're getting angry Metcalf or polite Metcalf today.
0: Uh polite. Polite. Okay, good. Oh, well,
1: um progress. I mean I'm
0: intrigued. I'm less excited than I was a month ago. Um and you know that's no fault of his. um uh, he hasn't done anything differently. I've just caught up on some stuff. Uh but I you and I both really liked him in U 16s last year uh he looked really good in u-18s this year the the offensive creativity with him is really astounding and the way he sees different angles on the floor with his passing um his confidence passing um arguably the best big man passer in this draft class yes um yeah I know we just went out went on a, a rant about Klingon and his upside there that still holds there's a different level to, to what Mara can do is willing to do has done all of that stuff it's really creative stuff it's shangun esque stuff that he's creativity that he's doing out there um there's some promise with him being a floor spacer but he didn't really shoot a whole lot from outside i think it looks okay but it's not great i don't think the free throw numbers were anything to get super pumped about either the defense was really hit or miss um where there are some flashes in the pick and roll that where he's you know flipping his hips he's sliding his feet he's looking good and then others that are just a fundamental nightmare where it's he he's looking all of his seven three and upright in a stance with a narrow base and then the physicality it's when you know con- complete inverse of Klingon, where when Klingon's on the floor you know, we're watching him. We see him constantly making an impact. We can almost feel him when he throws his butt into a defender. I never got that sense with Mara.
1: Mara is. If you watch highlights of Mara, you're going to be like, Holy crap. Like he, he, the, the playmaking is his bread and butter. He is a very creative passer. Um, I don't throw Shangun's name around lightly, but yeah, it's in that world of he's posted up throwing behind. He's going to get back. those comps a lot this year. Yeah. He, he throws behind the back dimes to cutters away from the ball when he's posted up on a block. Like I'm, I'm sure we're going to have plenty of clips or stuff to talk about, but the playmaking is awesome. The vision's awesome. The, the anticipation's fantastic. Um, my problem with, and, and I, let me give me a little bit more praise. Um, He's he's lethal around the basket. Defensively, if you try to go at him at the basket, he's fine. He's great with that. He's it's, like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of business. I know I'm big. I know I got my length. And he also understands when he has real estate to quickly turn and dunk on you. Like he's mm-hmm. great with that. The physicality is going to be a real legit thing we got to watch this year because he can get bullied around and he can throw around and um. I the feet. This is what I want to get at. This is my biggest thing. I, I was watching him. I was like, uh oh. I watched. I watched Mara, forever. Like I was preparing for this episode. I watched Mara. I was like, okay, all right, fine. Then I get to Klingon, <laughs> who's got fifty pounds on him, or forty or fifty pounds on him, and you would not think that Klingon's the one moving way better than the, the lighter guy. And now, obviously, Mara's around 7'3", so you could try to argue it that way. I'm just talking about the feet yeah. and how quickly he gets going. And the biggest area for me with Mara that raises some concerns is when he gets out on the perimeter. I, if I was a coach playing against him and I had a talented guard, I would say you pull him out every time on the perimeter and go to work. Yep. Because he, he tries to... He tries to counter and play off of you when you're on the perimeter, but he takes a while to get moving. And that's okay because like I just said with Klingon, like some bigs can make up with their length, but when you're on the perimeter, it's a different world when guys can hit a step back and, and make it tough for you. And like, sometimes he's baseline and guys will blow right by him because he takes a while to open up and slide. And that's just what I'm saying. But if he can get his body in you and you're in his atmosphere, yes, he's going to be impactful. But, um, I I mean, are you thinking Metcalf? He's just going to be a drop guy? Like I, I think you have to exclusively play him and drop. That's why I almost think him and Bona might work together. Because you might just have to kind of play him... Around the rim and let, Bone, yeah. you know, and let Bona chase. But as I'm saying, like, I think every opposing team is going to be like, we're going to bring that big man out here and make him yeah deal with our guards. Um, that being said, there's a lot of really fun stuff. I just, there's. And some people are going to be in love with him as a top 10 guy early.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. I'm okay. I'm all right. Good luck. Good luck. I, can't Good luck. That. I'm not I need there. to, yeah. I need to see more scoring versatility.
1: And he's gonna have some him. really fun stuff. It's yeah. Just no, this isn't raw. to
0: say he's a bad player by any means. Yeah. I know you're not saying that. Neither no. am I. It's no, just no, no. there are a lot of a lot of questions. Um and the 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 fit with him and Bona is going to be fascinating. Um because theoretically they could maybe play together a little bit, but I think it's gonna be really clumsy. And if they're gonna if they have plans of doing it in March. They better be doing it a ton in October to get used to that um, because when when we look at how UCLA defended when Bono was on the floor last year, it was a lot of really high pressure blitz to pick and roll stuff where Bona's chasing guys all over the court, and I thought he was one of, if not the most impactful and versatile big man defender last season, and I have really high hopes and expectations for him on that, especially on that end coming into the year. It'll be interesting to see how they use Mara, where if they just kind of put him under the hoop and just have him be that low man and switch off of everything and be like, just kind of play that center fielder role. I don't know. Um, But it's going to be tricky because, like you said, if he's the only big on the floor, guards and wings are going to get that switch and drag him out to the top of the key and tell everyone else to clear out constantly. And Mick Cronin's not going to have a fun time with that.
1: I mean, it's one of my favorite storylines. And I know a lot of people are feeling this way about college basketball this year. Like, what, how are they going to do this? Like, it's awesome to get the talent, but it's like, mm-hmm. how are you going to make this work with Bona and, and Mara? And, you know, it's probably going to be figuring it out as you go with, with Cronin. I know he, it's not, it's going to be hard to not have Bona on the court for Cronin. Um, Just because of physicality, defense, plays his butt off. Um, But Mara gives you such a unique weapon with his passing and his feel. And it's Mm going to be intriguing talent. Like, I'm saying I'm lower on him. I'm going to have him top 25. It's just one of those, like, there's questions. My overreaction. I have questions that I feel... Could almost make him not a one and done if those questions don't progress. Yeah, like if he is, if he's gets bullied, he's if he gets the the doghouse treatment. We just saw with Peyton Watson. Like if if that happens, yeah, sure. Do I think no? I think he's going to be a one and done yeah. because NBA teams love him. He's got too much upside potential. But um something would have to go pretty poorly. It would have to go really bad. Um, and a lot of other bigs would have to have a very good year that are lower right now. Like, you know, so I think Mara has all the tools that are still going to be very intriguing, but I I just personally, I'm not having him top 10 or in my lottery because I think there's some defensive stuff that Mm -hmm. is going to be important to see how it progresses. That's i really like him. And if anyone doubts me, you can go fact check the old FIBA episodes on our YouTube channel. We're and I glowing. said to Metcalf, we were I was loving, about loving Mara. I was like, this dude can pass. I love him. So we were he, also loving Hugo Gonzalez. And, you know, just, Hugo, oh my, oh God. my gosh. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> love.
1: Uh, what was the clip I watched? I was watching someone and I think it was someone on a break through, like, I think Mara blocked it, threw it ahead. And someone just threw like a bounce pass. It looked like Pistol Pete throwing, and, and someone dunked it. And then Hugo like posterized like three people off of Mara assist. So yeah, I love Hugo.
0: I, I'm and, I'm also not selling my Lucas Langarita It might have been Langarita the, through the, the fact pass. that he was playing in U18 and U19 this summer. Yes. <sighs> love it, but I digress because this is an I, a Dai Mara uh, segment. <laughs> um, we we've been hesitant or a little too negative so let's jump into some of the fun stuff and it's all on the offensive end um like there's some real scoring creativity and that that's in his game and the ways that they can use him out of the short roll um and he's a really good rim runner but stuff like this is like really showcases some
1: of his footwork and balance and patience around the rim and like for what i was saying earlier about like the heavy feet offensively there's stuff like this where you're like oh my goodness and when he knows what he wants to do like sometimes he gets the ball in the post and I think the feet could just get a look because he's just trying to figure out what to do but then you get plays like this and you're like oh my gosh you know and I'm one of those two like when you have a guy this big you almost gotta remind yourself because you're not looking at a 6'10 mobile athletic big man you're looking at 7'3". And, and raw and lanky and body still filling out. So um, like he just some of this stuff is just like, oh, my goodness, um, there is real legit footwork, mm-hmm. impressive upside. It's just can it be more consistent? And that might be coming from reps and understanding how your body's developing and how good you can actually be on the basketball court, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I I just love how proactive his movements here are, where on defense it's all reactive, and he's not agile enough to kind of adapt quickly enough on that end. But here, you know, he does a great job of keeping the ball high, pivoting through help defenders, really using those long strides to get around his defender on a pretty standard drop step, and, you know, just always keeps the ball in a place where the defender has no chance to get it.
1: Yeah, and it's an impressive finish, too. Hit me with more. I love this.
0: All right, we're we're good. We got four more for the passing. Oh, so God, we're, we're about to gonna, have some
1: fun. You need a minute. This is oh, this might. Oh <laughs> gosh. <laughs> but that's what I'm trying to say. Like, this isn't just like oh he's trying stuff. Like this is like he actually has this type of weaponry. Right.
0: The the this is a norm. So gets a post up, uh, quick give and go where he bounces it between his own legs. The, the worst cutter. floater i've
1: ever seen in my life there
0: there was half a second left on the <laughs> spot all right <laughs> calm, cal, calm down the the, the guy i to a shot
1: if anything mara puts him in a bad shot oh. I'm, I'm kidding <laughs> I, it's like poured bleach in my eye i can't watch it oh gosh i'm glad it just nicked the rim no but i hear you but okay i'll stop also, there like throw it <laughs> give me a sky hook if you realize i mean yeah you gotta finish that gotta finish that
0: but i'm here this is one that kind of makes me more optimistic about the bona pairing where he has this really good touch on his entry passes where top of the key puts it right there for his guy to finish um you know a oh, little I, I, yeah. out of bounds play decent seal um i imagine bona getting you know his his stance down at 90 degrees and holding the guy off probably up around the free throw line and giving him giving mara acres of space to throw this pass into and then finishing at the rim so stuff like that makes me a little more optimistic of what the bona mara offensive pairing could look like okay so i got a couple more passing this is just really fun ones to the to cutters the ways that they can kind of implement mara and dho stuff run cutters off just great p- bounce pass through traffic. You have the interchange on the weak side that causes the help defender to lift out. Mars sees it easy layup.
1: Yeah, I mean, Spain runs absolute. Some of their their, their FIBA sets, sets are pff, so much fun. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be a. a I mean, this is it. Yeah, that's where <laughs> things get scary. That I mean, we had to get the children out of the room before we played that. That's why everything fell apart. I would just, I think Cronin's going to try to go high low with him and Bona. What I was trying to say before you selfishly left. I I think Bellis and Omar Ballo at Arizona did that all the time. Tommy Lloyd had that working Mm -hmm. like a perfection. And I think this is going to be a a supercharged version of that with a much better passer and Mara and Bona, who's just a terrifying force around the basket. So, you're going to get that. You're going to get, you know, Burks coming over from Turkey. You're going to get a, a lot of talent. John Veed's going to be there in the backcourt. They, they have a nasty team this year. It's a nasty team that all of a sudden could get really, really fun. Um, But there's a lot of pieces, a lot of pieces. And I think Mara is going to be a really fun wild card with this team. Yeah. And, and stuff like
0: this, the way that UCLA offense, they're, they're the way the guys typically move off ball in that offense Mara's is just going to rack up assists and especially when they send a double he's got that creativity to go behind his back around the double to an open cutter like this it's, it's really fun stuff and they they have a lot of flexibility in how they can kind of run their team next year any final thoughts
1: on mara no i he's just a big wait and see mode guy for me um I think he's got the tools to be a a big riser in this class. Like, I don't know. It's just going to be really interesting to see how all of those pieces fall into place with UCLA. Like they have a really fun team now, Mm -hmm. but how patient's Mick Cronin going to be like, who's going to, who's he really going to trust early on? And it's just going to be fun to watch. I like Mara. I really do you you got any thoughts no no it's
0: just gonna be a fascinating experiment that i I really cannot wait to see um yeah let's move on to alexander sar the bell of the ball from this last week um everyone's favorite new prospect uh 7-1 216 pound center uh playing for the perth wildcats uh was previously with ote um has played a bunch of fiba stuff with france he was awesome in those ignite games uh we uh la- last week we had a reaction pod where we kind of you know it is a little more off the cuff a little more instant reaction type stuff to that first game now that we're two games into his season. Are you more excited, less excited, similar levels of excitement?
1: I want you you made a very crazy comment to me before you started that got my attention, and I understand why you're doing this, and I like it but I want you to tell me why you you told me you're cooling down a little bit after you did a rewatch. You said I'm pumping the I'm pumping the brakes. Is, is that how you worded it? Yeah. So I, I'm not, I'm not cooling
0: off because you know I moved the guy from 25 to five. So I uh, you know <laughs> <But a big laughs> so, yeah. So s- settle down. And then, um, you just no, said but, like I'm not look, coming, oh, head over now, heels. But coming out of that game, those games, it was like, oh, my God, just everything this guy is doing is perfection on the court. And a lot of it was because it's athletic, it's explosive, it's fun, it's energetic, it's improved from what we just saw even in FIBA U19 over you know, a couple months ago where he has taken really meaningful steps. So I, I am still very, very excited. But when I went back through those two games against the Ignite, there was a little more of the positional stuff where it's like, mm, okay, you're a step late there. And a lot of it was pick and roll coverage where they kind of made me think, it's like, are you really a center? Like, do I really want you playing the five um, or are you more of a four? Um, are you kind of that Jaron Jackson Jr. type center where you can play center? You can be really effective there, but, but if we put you next to a more traditional center and you can kind of roam on the perimeter be more of that defensive playmaker be that weak side rim protector instead of that instead of that primary guy that primary rock in the middle of the defense is that where your defensive impact goes from good to holy shit levels
1: yeah i think i desperately like something i dream of every single draft cycle is I desperately am, am rooting for old school positions to come back to where like we could just have him as a power forward. Like it, it, it bugs me that we're at small ball because I want to be able to project guy like, no, this is a power forward. This is a five. Like, this I don't, this I don't is think an- we're,
0: in small ball anymore i think small ball was a little fad and
1: no i'm saying the like bigs, the, the bigs have started like,
0: getting more flexible yes. more agile and more skilled i, so I think two size, bigs. size still reigns supreme we're not gonna have give me
1: two on the no, block Classic. i think i think i want the two bigs back and That's we need bad. to get no everyone i'm not saying every single team has to be like oh we're feeding both bigs i'm just saying like i want it to be where we're feeding guys that can make passes out of the out of the post and. I feel like Sar is gonna be like an awesome asset. If you obviously if you have a center that can do a lot of stuff and you put Sar next to him, it's a dream, I think. Um like hypothetical. They thunder draft him with him and Chet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but yeah. I also think it do you want Chet as a full time five? I like, do. it's just, yeah, I I would love it. I'm just saying that I like SAR. I understand it. I, I think you're making some very good points. And I always knew that you were going to bring it back down to <laughs> earth. I'm really proud of you for that. And can't have too much fun here. No, no fun but it's just also too, like, we're, are we like needing SAR to be a three point shooter? I don't think so. I think he's just got to develop to be, a floor spacer and that's where i'm saying like maybe he is a four that you put next to a center but you don't need him to be a legit floor spacer i don't know i'm all over the place but um yeah re- went up a bunch on my board too so I give me you. a number i know you hate numbers and all F- that. uh five or a range five or six okay 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 i, got, I mean i got a lot okay. of he's at five right now but i, I gotta redo everything <laughs> 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 i got i got a lot of stuff i need to fix so but like I, I've, it, I've, it, it's i'm never happy so. with preseason boards so i basically make one and then i'm like okay so let's start from from the top <laughs> okay well i'm surprised it took us this long that's my fault uh
0: but let's play america's favorite game a little bit of this or that um you can
1: go with this
0: Alex Sar or Adaimara? uh sar sar or almanza uh right now, SAR. SAR or Omaha.
1: Sar. I, I, I need to watch some more Omaha stuff. I have a feeling that we're all good. we are all freaking out about FIBA Omaha. And then I remembered everything that we saw at Nike Hoop Summit. Oh drink. My <laughs> and um I absolutely just I was like, he's gonna figure it out. But um yeah, right now okay. I'll say SAR.
0: Uh SAR or Bona. Sar. Sar or filipowski Sar.
1: Sar or You can't always do these. I, I you gotta give me your answer well, too. Be
0: be more sporadic. Um and-
1: I will tell you right now. This morning, Sar, after watching more Klingon, I think I might end up closer to swapping that. Love it. Um and like I said, I have just my range of players and, and, for my big boy right now, like I don't have my final numbers. We don't need to do that for a while. Spoiler alert. Um, I love Clinging. I'm really, really excited. So. Okay. Give me, um, give me your answers. Give me your answers. Uh,
0: Sar over everyone, but Klingon. Yeah. I, Klingin, I, I think that's a
1: good, I think that's a good lean right there. Okay. Um, do you want, Oh, to here, go I to got one the... for you. Oh. I got a question from you okay. from the fans. Sorry. Okay. Uh, do you have Jacoby over Saar? I have Jacoby at two, so yes. There I have you Jacoby go.
0: over everyone but Justin Edwards. There you go. There you go. Good. Do, do, do you just want my top five? Here? I no, I
1: no, guess. no, 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 no. no. Don't
0: spoil. Well, i gave that. I, I gave four out of the five.
1: <laughs> Gregory gave us Who's a, at a three? A, <laughs> <laughs> behind door number three. Um, yeah,
0: it's so. Ron Holland. Um, okay, <laughs> so... With Saar, do, do you want to dive into the offensive stuff or the defensive first? Uh, let's do some offense. Offense.
1: You can end. Okay. With the D. Pause.
0: So, <laughs> I thought this was the best SAR has shot before. Um, I, you know, I, I chose this one just off the catch because I just really like the angle, straight from behind. Uh, kind of a, an aggressive knee bend there, mm-hmm. but I think the I think it's really fluid. I really like the arm is tucked in. The follow through looks good. Nothing but net. I
1: think it looks good for a seven, seven one, footer for a footer. That looks pretty good to me. Um, That's also going to be like upper body strength. It's going to get a little smoother. It's going to look a little bit better. Like I, I, I think it looks very promising for his size.
0: Yeah, and then again, we have another one little pick and pop action. I I just love the versatility of how he can kind of be used off the ball where the previous one, we saw him relocate off of a drive and flare out to that corner. And here we're seeing a little DHO pick and pop type action gets his feet set.
1: And I mean, I don't think that load up is too bad. Like I I think that's a lot of stuff that will get corrected with. Yeah. Reps, age, strengths. Like that just looks Nice to me. I, I know it doesn't look like fast, it kind of looks a little like eh, it's a, it looks
0: a little bit like he's like throwing it,
1: yeah. But I, I think when you slow that down, like that's whew, that's nice. Um, it, it's, it's where yeah, you want it, from it, a, it, a developmental perspective, yes. It comes out a little flat, but like
0: everything's really fluid. It you know, the elbows, the knees, everything seems to be where it should be. It just kind of seems like little, little, little (laughs) things that are easily correctable um, and just kind of come in time and strength and reps. So I I think there's a real chance that he grows into just a solid shooter, not big time floor spacer or anything like that, but 35 to 37 percent from three on
1: two and a half attempts a game. Is that unrealistic? No, I mean, it's a very confident shooter. Yeah, like he'd look and we might be thinking low right now. I mean, it it might turn into an actual weapon. Um, That's the fun part about these raw upside players is all of a sudden things start to fall into place and you're like, okay, now this is part of his game. And being able to do that kind of opens up stuff to attack off the dribble.
0: Uh, He doesn't get the bucket here, but gets the foul, Um, you know. Buzellas ha- does have a short closeout here. I'd kind of like to see him let that fly. But I think this is a really good example of his athleticism, his balance, his footwork, and his ability to kind of create a little bit of stuff off the dribble.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, my I remember watching this live. My first reaction was like, shoot it. But I also yeah. think it, I like the mindset of, hey, I hit a couple. All right, I've, I've shown that I can hit this which should be able to allow me to create a potential better shot. Um, And just showing the versatility. Because can't bite for that first one. Yeah, Um, he he
0: did a really good job up until then.
1: Yeah, you got him right where you want. Just
0: stay. And and I thought this was pretty easily the best example of Sar's kind of ability to create off the bounce. Um, In those games, he traveled a lot. With that first step where he shuffled his feet, Um, the handle wasn't overly dynamic, but it looked effective enough where on straight line stuff, if he can kind of force those long closeouts, that's where, you know, a simple pump and go can get him to the rim in a blink of an eye because of how athletic he is, how long his strides are. So in time, I think the handle will continue to improve and I'll just continue to open up more stuff like that one where, that we just saw where you know he crosses over a couple times an up and under move and you know to draw a foul. Um where are you at with the with the defense?
1: Um I I, I I'm going to be very fascinated the stuff he flashed. I was like, "Oh my goodness." And it wasn't just like I, I'm sure um, I'm I'm interested to see the plays that you're saying. Like, oh, this is what I rewatched. So there's gonna be rewatchables. Like, uh, we can always go back and be like, yeah. Yeah, okay, this is fine tuned like this. But there was just too many sequences of reading the whole play before it happened, like off the ball, where I was like, my goodness, young blood is really feeling himself. Like, yeah, hey, that's where I'm like, okay, you pair that the understanding of the games cooking right now is developing. You paired that with his high motor, which we already knew he had from FIBA play over the years. Like you pair that together and that's where it's getting dangerous. So I'm still a fan, but what about you hit me with it?
0: Yeah. And I I thought the off ball awareness, rotation, recognition, timing, all that stuff looked so much better than it previously did. Um, And by previously, I mean like FIBA kind of stuff where that was more reactive and this time he was anticipating stuff and putting himself he was being proactive about his positioning um and all that stuff is mainly just the pick and roll defense they kind of raised some red flags for me but again that goes back to the, is he really a five um and this one i thought was one of the most impressive defensive clips of the night where initially almost jumps the passing lane recovers Uh, switches onto Holland, moves his feet like a wing, locks him up,
1: and ends up forcing the deflection. I see shooting guards that can't do that. Yeah. Or don't do that. But I'm just saying, like, that was every single... The funniest part is we were watching that on the stream, and I was like, that is going to be smothering the timeline for draft fans right now. And it was. You just opened up Twitter, and it was just all over the place. But high motor... Get all over the play. He's just everywhere in this play. And then Holland's trying to take him. Stop. Keep sliding his feet. Stop. Like, it's just great job of opening up the hips too. Letting them get into you. Keeping your hands out so you don't get called for a reach foul. Like, that's just good fundamentals and understanding. Like, open up. Good. That's just and, fantastic. And absorbing the contact and being physical. It.
0: It's reminiscent of, you know, kind of how we saw Jabari Smith defend at Auburn, where he's yes. this super tall, super long dude, but moving his feet and, you know, incredibly well. That's that's a nightmare to deal with. And Ron Holland is like, just please get me out of this sequence because I am not having fun.
1: Yeah, Holland was blown by everyone. He was. And and this he whole blew game. by star earlier, too. Yeah, so yeah, of course. But... That's where you just see the potential right there. And I I'm a sucker for when guys start clapping right after when it goes <laughs> out because it just shows they're pumped up. They're proud. They're like, all right, I good, good, good sequence by me. Yeah. Uh, th- this one, I think we see a really good kind of
0: showcase of his defensive stuff off ball and then how he transitions that into on ball. Um, so initially he ends up getting switched on to London Johnson here, rotates up to the top of the key uh Buzelis has a good cut, Sarge collapses down on them, perfect block, stage vertical, Blo- blocks the second shot by by Buzelis.
1: You got to be all in on this play. I mean, right here you got to commit like okay, if I'm going, I better be make it a play and I just love the block and to stay with it and realize like okay, just because I blocked it, the play's not over. Mm-hmm. Um it's just awesome. It's just a very fun read and the fact that he also just gets it to get out in transition is just the icing on top of the cake. So I love the whole play because you just see how much he was all over the place. Like he starts up in the opposite wing. He comes over to basically this wing and then he collapses down to make a block at the rim. Like he's just everywhere. Um, And
0: and the fact that he doesn't jump on that fake right there and stays grounded and waits for Bruce to actually take the shot before he swats it away. It just shows a, a maturing to his game that wasn't there, you know, not that long ago. It's right. really, really impressive astronomical
1: strides that he's taking. Um, a potential shot blocker. The scariest thing to try to tell teach them is that they don't have to try to block every shot. So the fact that you can understand that and, and showcase that is just scary. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we're going to get into a couple where I, you know, I was like, mm,
0: didn't love that. Uh, this one especially is going to induce a lot of eye rolls from the rest of you because it's an incredible block and it's just a testament to his freakish athletic skills. So this ends up being an awesome play for him. It's just kind of the process in which he gets there that I don't love where as Elmanza rolls here, I, I think SARS just way too upright square stance really opens up that lane for that pocket pass um, that Elmanza should be finishing. But, Sar has the freakish athletic tools where he's able to recover and block this dunk.
1: Yeah, I understand. Um, it's it's good that you pointed this out. I understand where you're at. Um, this is a very good coaching clip for like, someone to be like, Hey, you did an unbelievable job here. We'd like to see you get down a little lower. Cause also he starts to get a little bit of backpedal right there yep. in which Uh, a quicker guard could also have just tried to hit him with an in and out and got him to bite towards the middle and then gone up for a right layup. Like you just want to stay a little lower, a little lower and almost like open your hips. If you want to put it that way. Um, But given everything we just said, it makes that play even more impressive to, to slow it down and kind of analyze like, Oh, he was a little all over the place. What were you going to say? Go ahead.
0: No, just that
1: his teammates also not doing him any favors on
0: the weak side by not making that rotation either. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I know I'm aggressively nitpicking here. It's just one of those things where it's like, okay, so instead you have SGA and Chet in that play instead. Yeah. is I feel like that's ending up in a bucket, but this is really impressive. As of you know mid-September, that that inefficiency from Sar doesn't matter because he had, does have those athletic tools that really shine. Um, this one I think was a little more of an issue and it's just kind of the, the positioning in the pick and roll. I think some of it does have to do with the scheme because they were playing him at the level uh, quite a bit, but he's really slow to react here and kind of provide any help um, and just has a, a lazy swipe
1: at the ball. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, this is this is one of the sequences where I'm just like, because you're kind of banking on the fact, like uh, Usher should not be letting yeah, home so- and get down here so fast. And if 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 sorry, and you could talk this out with me, if sorry, I feel like collapses too low to go all in. Then like a smart player would just dump it off for Almanza for a jam, but. Or you yes think you, go ahead
0: yes I mean my issue is that um I mean, Holland denies the screen pretty early because Sar's right at the level but then as Holland kind of snakes back Sar doesn't make any attempt to get back rimside of Almanza here and he just kind of lingers on his hip and is basically out of the play so that by the time that Holland crosses up Usher he's already downhill he's fast enough especially in s- short spaces where it's so hard to keep him from getting downhill that Sar has to be back rim side of Almansa in time to kind of prevent or at least make that snake dribble a little more difficult because that's a pretty big driving lane that he just went through.
1: Yeah. It, it should be a step up hand up right here and then a quick slide down. Um,
0: and it, because... it was one of the rare
1: easy plays that we saw from him. But, but your point is right on though, because it, the coast mode right there opens up that window yeah, to attack from Holland. And it's a good job of Holland to stay low and stuff, but that's where SARS got to get hand up, get quickly back. So it's almost like he's going into a wall.
0: Yeah. So, and, and it was a really nice play by Holland too. Um, So I, I know I'm nitpicking on some of that stuff, but on the rewatch, it's just some of the positioning and the pick and roll where, he really the, the way he positioned his body really opened up a lot of opportunities for pocket passes. Um that's stuff that will come in time. That's stuff that coaches dream about. They're like, oh my god, yes, l- l- let me show you how to position yourself. And I think the you know, given what the growth we've seen from him in the last calendar year, uh let alone a couple months, I expect it to get better. And I do think it it's stuff that he can build on. There, they aren't damning indictments of his game or anything, it's just Let's sharpen up some of the rough edges here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it is a glowing endorsement of what he's been working on and the potential um, that we saw in that game. Um, and now we have to almost say thank you to Alex Sar for, for getting the buzz going a little bit. Now fans are like, whoa, hey, hold on <laughs> a sec. This, this class might be a little cool. And it's like, yeah, th- every class is cool. Um, but I'm excited to watch him. Um, we've had a couple guys bring up in the chat, like the NBL Blitz is coming up. Yeah. Very soon. So ton of talent in the NBL this year. It's gonna be awesome to watch. Um, especially for sickos like me up at four a.m. Like I'm gonna be like, great, thank you. There's there's new film on. So um I'm I'm excited for this class. I, I like all these guys that we just talked about. I thought this was a fun trio to, to break down with you. And um that's all I got, I Metcalf. I mean Well, I, I, I got one last thing. We okay.
0: we teased it last week. Yes. But okay, we, we, we have some decisions to make on the green room. Green um, room. So currently, only member is Jacoby Walter. Uh, okay. Last week, we put Alexander Saar and Ron Holland in yellow. Do before we get to them, do you want to invite or put in yellow uh, Donovan Klingon or Adai Mara?
1: Um, I, here's I, I would like to vote either one or two of last week's yellow you, 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 you want to vote on them first yeah and then i want to move in into the yellow no I, I my problem is do we need to have a rule of only one one per addition? Week? to like we can't have an episode of adding two because then we're okay. just gonna get i mean we could just this year do the, it the, started early and remove people but the exclusivity kind of Goes
0: away if, if we're yeah, admitting so, people too fast. Okay. No,
1: well, I feel we can also just do it and pause it a little bit. Okay. So here, here's No, one let, no
0: I, I like that. Let, let, let's only do only one. one? O, o, only one a week. Um. So first, do you want to put Klingon in yellow?
1: Yeah, I want to put Klingon in line. Klingon's okay. in line, and he's not going to be in line for long because he's bigger than everyone in the building. <laughs> so if bouncers are like, we, we have to let him in because he's bigger than all of us. <laughs> so he's not going to be in line for long. Um. I think I got to put Holland in.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Um, o- Over, sorry. <sighs> oh, man. They're both going to be in. Correct. Let's be realistic here. Correct. But Holland, I would have had is like, eh, maybe he's in line. And then he just showcased like what I, every evaluator had Holland high up on their boards going into the exhibition, the fall invitational. And now everyone's like, yeah, that's why I had a Holland early. Um so I feel good about him. I feel like he's proven that he's gonna be a great asset for the green room. But you 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 talk to me. What are you thinking? I think the vibes around Sar are just undeniable right now. Um but do is... we risk putting him in and then the vibes slow down and then we have to kick him? Yeah, okay. We we could do that. That makes some sense. We're gonna be ruthless this year. We're gonna oh, probably yeah. bounce people. Oh god, yeah. Also, Alexander sounds like a you know we, we, we get a li- we get a little bit of that French flavor, flavor in the club. Yeah, French, did. French, you know, French wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we got to have some French guys. We had Wimby last year. Yeah, international guys. You know, I, I keeping just, up with I, foreign I, relations. I,
0: I think the hype, the vibes around him right now are just so high that. The place
1: would go crazy once he enters. Okay, so he l- let's do Sar. I'm in. I'm in for Sar. But if we put Saar in, and we don't put Holland in, is Holland still in line? Yep. He's just... Okay, so we got Holland and and Donovan yep. and are in line. Uh, uh, okay. Holland and Klingon are
0: are waiting in line. Jacoby Walter and Alexander Sar, welcome to the green room.
1: Yeah, everyone's. You know, we had someone bring up that we're gonna invite Jinko one day yes we've been talking plenty <laughs> about Melvin I'm very excited about him as a prospect so yeah we're gonna have a lot of international flavor just wait until um, we get to
0: Zachary Perrin
1: sheesh. um yeah I feel good about that so Saar and everyone's gonna be buzzing if we're like hey Alex Sar, Alex Saar is at the club yeah everyone gonna be like oh my gosh he's the, the hottest the thing street. since yeah we, we gotta talk about it so I'm, I'm good with that um Okay. That's a good one. So we got two, Jacoby and Mr. Sar. Yeah, shooting Sar. Gosh. Oh God. He makes okay. so many well, star
0: jokes this year. On on that note, uh <laughs> I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me at T 11 He is Tyler Rucker. You can follow him at Tyler underscore Rucker. All of our stuff is at no ceilingsnba.com. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave a review and a five-star rating. Till next time. See ya.